0: It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on the
1: Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Syracuse losing Daywan Coleman and a big win over Pittsburgh. I'm Wes Chang and I'll be joined later by Jim Stick Schulte and our guest today is QesNation.com publisher and friend of the show, Mike McAllister. Mike, always a pleasure to have you on.
2: Absolutely, great to be here.
1: Mike, we got so many things to talk about, but let's talk about the biggest news from yesterday. Florida quarterback Jawan Dowells committing to Syracuse. How big of a get is this for Syracuse?
2: Well, it's big just because I mean you look at his offers and he picked up offers from Clemson and Oklahoma somewhat late in the process and um, you know he's a kid from Florida, which you know obviously George McDonald and Syracuse have been targeting that state pretty hard in this class. But anytime you can get a guy with um, offers from Oklahoma and Clemson, who's now you know one of your rivals because of the conference affiliation, it's big. And Oklahoma was really high on him; uh, they had a very high grade on him. They graded him as one of the most talented cornerbacks that was on their radar. And yet Syracuse was able to land him. Now part of that was because you know there there are some academic concerns as far as whether or not he'll qualify. I don't think it's as big of a deal as some other places have made it out to be. But Oklahoma, whenever there's any slight question mark, they generally back off. They just don't get involved in those types of situations. And so that concern is what pushed Oklahoma away and sort of opened the door for Syracuse. And Syracuse was able to close the deal with uh, the relationship that he had developed with George McDonald. So definitely a big pickup up for the Orange
1: so you just mentioned Dowell's. now that comes on the heels of trevon prater flipping to syracuse what do we need to know about him midwest kid
2: well he is um a safety prospect that has some versatility to move the corner and, and you know maybe play in the slot a little bit but th- the good thing about him is he's a little bit of a bigger defensive back you look at a lot of the the defensive backs they have you know juwan dowels that we just mentioned is five foot ten um rodney williams and, and Nas howard are both under six feet uh, Lamar Dawson is right at six feet. Cordell Hudson is under six feet. Uh, Prater is, is six foot two, and he's a legit six foot two. So he's bigger. He's got more size. He's built more like Darrell Esteridge, and sort of plays a little bit like him. I don't think he has the same raw athleticism and 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 uh, maybe talent and upside as as Estridge does, but sort of built in that same mold. And uh, definitely something that Syracuse can hang their head on that they could go after a guy late that was already committed somewhere else get him the flip and get someone at a position of need that's got some athleticism and has the size that, you know, Syracuse is looking for in the defensive backfield.
1: Now, Mike, there were several other recruits on hand over the weekend, two of them being Florida wide receiver Steve Ishmael and offensive tackle Denzel Ward. What did they tell you about their visit?
2: Well, Ishmael has had Syracuse at the top of his list for a long time, and and the visit did nothing to change that. In fact, he told me, um, you know, I was talking to him while he was at the airport waiting for his flight to go home, and he said he really didn't want to leave, and he was a little disappointed that he (laughs) had to. So I think that's a very good sign for Syracuse. He's still going to take his final two official visits to Cincinnati and Louisville, but the biggest thing with, with Ishmael has been relationships, and that's been the biggest factor in his recruitment. He has a very strong one with the Syracuse coaching staff, specifically George McDonald. And the fact that Louisville, which I think would have been the bigger of the two threats to Syracuse, um, has a brand-new coaching staff that doesn't have any type of established relationship with Ishmael is uh, very big for Syracuse. So I think the Orange are in a great position with him. With Denzel Ward going into the visit, I really thought South Florida was a favorite to land him. Uh, you know, he he grew up in the Tampa area. He's got a lot of connections down there, family and, and, and things like that. But he also had some Syracuse connections. He went to uh, high school with Kendall Moore once he moved out to Chicago um, and, and looked up to him kind of as like a mentor and, and an older brother. Um, he's very good friends with Syracuse commit Aaron Roberts and so those connections sort of made you think maybe Syracuse had a chance and they made a big impression over the weekend and uh you know he said that he's 50-50 between Syracuse and South Florida there's going to be some in-home visits between both coaching staffs this week and those are going to be huge for his decision he may not make his decision or announce his decision rather until signing day but i expect him to make it before that we just probably won't know what it is until he decides to announce it but i think Syracuse did everything that they could do as far as Enzo the Award goes during the visit, so I think they have to be pretty happy with with the efforts that they've made.
1: Mike, we're only a couple weeks away from, uh, you know, basically Christmas Day for you guys because signing Britain. day is is just inching closer. What are some of the biggest battles that Syracuse has left to fight as we inch closer to that date?
2: Well, those two guys that we just talked about are huge for Syracuse. They want them both very badly, but there, there's a couple of more that I'll mention: Zeke Rodney, a defensive tackle out of South Carolina it was on campus over the weekend uh, might be the the guy that they want the most on the defensive side of the ball uh, i know that, that the syracuse coaching staff loves him they love his upside Um he's got that quick first step as a defensive tackle uh, explosiveness off the ball they really like him the, the big key for him is going to be the wake forest official visit which he's supposed to be taking this coming weekend if he gets out of that visit without committing to wake forest because they're obviously much closer to home and, you know, the campus there is beautiful, and a lot of uh, prospects say they love it when they actually go to visit there. then um, I think that speaks very well for where Syracuse stands with him. Um, another one to keep an eye on is Adley and who's a, a tight end prospect uh, from um, the same high school that Grizzly's uh, team went to. And uh, he's coming up to visit the weekend of the 31st. So he's someone to keep an eye on. Um, and then Syracuse just offered today a uh, defensive back, um, from Miami, um, Maine, Washington, and uh, don't know whether he's planning on taking an official. I would assume he is. Uh, he's currently committed to Akron right now. But those are those are three names to keep an eye on. We'll get more of a feel for that when we get you know to see who's actually coming the weekend of the 31st. But those are the biggest names out there right now. And if Syracuse can land those guys as well as you know some of the linebackers they're they're after with uh, Kyron Watson, who visited last weekend, who's currently committed to Kansas and then uh, Jonathan Thomas, who's supposed to be visiting the weekend of the 31st. If they end up landing a majority of those guys, it would be huge for for the 2014 class.
1: Mike, thanks so much for being on today. Again, Mike McAllister from com. If you don't subscribe to Scout, you're missing out on all the inside information that Mike has. Mike, again, thanks as always. Have fun on signing day. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Wes. Again, Mike McAllister, Scout.com, CuseNation.com. He just knows so much about the Syracuse recruiting scene, football and basketball. If you're listening to this podcast, I advise you to go on that site and check out what he has to offer. I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online senior columnist, Jim Stekschulte. Jim, hope you're staying warm up in Syracuse.
3: Uh, doing okay. Hanging in there anyway. How about you, man?
1: Well, you know, I'm not doing as well because, again, the biggest news yesterday, Daywan Coleman out for the rest of the year because he's gonna need surgery on that right knee that he hurt against Villanova. Jim, what do you think is the impact of this on the Orange going forward?
3: Well, as much as you don't want anyone to get hurt, um, the biggest loss is just that it shortens the rotation by one player for the most part. I mean, Coleman has you know he's been in that cameo role where he's in the starting lineup and then as soon as something goes wrong, Beheim lifts him and then he sits on the bench until you know and then makes it and then would resurface after uh, halftime when the second half began and then basically do the same thing. I mean, he's basically missed the last six games. He did have that cameo at the end of the Virginia Tech game where he played for a couple minutes. Um, to be honest, I don't really think it affects the rotation that much unless someone else gets dinged up. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant's been starting instead, um, and it actually makes the offense look a little different, perhaps even a little better. And beyond that, we you know, By Musakite is available for a bigger role. If they need to, they can ship uh, Michael Minje down to play some three and possibly even uh, squeeze Tyler Roberson into the rotation, depending on uh, if Bayern thinks it's appropriate.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things. You know, you look at Syracuse in the last couple of years, starting with Arinze Onuwaku, then moving on to Fab Mello, then James Sutherland. Uh, you know, you look at all those guys and the roles they had on that team. That's not Daywan Coleman. He's five fouls a game. He's, he's about five points, five rebounds in roughly about 15 minutes of action. And they can, they can really make that up. So I think that's one important thing. And I wanted to move on to the recent game against Pitt. And one of the things that impressed me the most uh, was the play of Tyler Ennis, who was named ACC Rookie of the Week for the third straight week. So poised, so calm, so cool on the pressure. Hit those two big layups and two more free throws to seal that win. Jim, I'm, I'm sure you're impressed as I am. It's hard
3: not to be. I mean, my biggest question to him is: Is he actually a robot?
1: I mean, <laughs> You've said he, that before. <laughs> just,
3: yeah. I mean, well, he's so calm and controlled. I mean, I interviewed him on media day, and he was just—he looked completely bored then. So, you know, it's—it's it's, it's starting to all come together. Uh, we should just all support our uh, uh, our new our new Tyler and his leader, and just allow him to take over as ne- as necessary. Uh, but you know, he played so well just down the stretch. He had 16 points in the game. Fourteen of them were after halftime. And we all know about the two easy layups he got, and I'm sure they weren't actually easy, but he just made them look so easy. And then, you know, followed those up with the two free throws that really started to put the daggers in the pit. Um, I think, and I think the one thing about his attitude that is really not mentioned much is between him and CJ Fair, the two guys who seem to be the leaders in this team, whether it's the point guard who has the ball in his hands or the senior uh, and, you know, go to guy, it seems that they both had that same. Calm personality, never too up, never too down. You know, we can think back to when uh, Fair took that hard, uncalled foul in in Maui in the Minnesota game, and had that big cut open, and he didn't show much outside reaction. And I wonder if, uh, you know, their their personalities in that way, particularly Ennis's as a point guard, uh, kind of infect and spread around the whole roster. I mean, we think about some of the other point guards or just guards that we've seen from Syracuse in recent years who have been capable of much more emotional swings or outbursts. Like a Johnny Flynn or even an Eric Devendorf, and I have to wonder
1: if—and
3: this is stoic nature has rubbed off on the rest of his teammates—and they always seem so calm at the end of these close games.
1: Let, let's go back to the Daywan Coleman issue now. I, I, I think you look at this team now, and they're going to get more minutes out of By Musakita, and, they're, and a good thing about this is that they're going to get more minutes out of Raheem Christmas. And Christmas has really stepped up four for four against Pitt, two big free throws down the stretch, had that nice little lefty hook shot, and, excuse me, righty hook shot that he's been developing, kind of like that Arinze Onuaku, Rick D- Jackson-type hook shot. He really seems to be coming along on the offensive end, and I think that's huge for Syracuse, especially without Coleman going forward.
3: Yeah, this is the thing that I was alluding to when I mentioned, uh, when we were talking about Coleman earlier, about how it, it might change the look of the offense. I mean christmas's stats have 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 gone up a little tick, and it's it's primarily functioned due to getting the more minutes um There's no real difference in the stats as far as that like on a per minute basis, but the offense looks a lot more different uh when with grant and fair on the floor with uh with christmas those two the two forwards are getting their touches in that fifteen to seventeen foot range I mean we all know the big knock on Grant coming into the season was that he doesn't—he's not much of a shooter. But and now he's catching the ball, you know, 17, 18 feet from the basket in a face-up opportunity, just like Fair does. And that means there's only one person looking to post up down low, and that's Christmas. And even Fair is not much of a back-to-the-basket, post-up on the block kind of guy. But when Christmas and Coleman are in there together, they're both—you know—one is kind of miscast because they're both uh, much more functional in the offense down low. And when you take Coleman out of that equation. Christmas is the only guy who's down there, and it creates space and then subsequently opportunities for him.
1: Great insight as always, Jim. We're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts.
3: Uh, I just want to talk about uh, our head coach of the football team, Scott Schaefer. Uh, There's a column that came out uh, last week about how uh, he visited a man who uh, was in a snowmobile accident and uh, suffered significant injuries. And It's just one of those things where it has nothing really to do with the football team as a whole, but you just get to see what kind of person Schaefer is. Uh, and knowing that, that a, a guy who's like that is leading this team, leading the football program, it, it it just makes you feel better about the general direction. Just you know, not even in you know a, just a football on you know, on field kind of way, but just you know what kind of role model uh, the guys who play on the team are getting in their coach.
1: High moral character, high moral integrity, Scott Schaefer. uh, Great closing thought, Jim. Uh, My closing thoughts are on Otto's Army, who started camping outside of the Carrier Dome for Syracuse's upcoming game against Duke. It's called Boeheimberg, and the students have started camping 12 days ahead of the game. I just want to give them a ton of credit for braving the Syracuse winner to do that. I'm not sure even as a college student I would have done that, but stay warm, guys. That's all I really have to say on that. That's it for us for Jim Stick Schulte. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I used to play sports, then I realized you can buy trophies. Now I'm good at everything. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.tv, and we'll see you next time.
0: Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to hundred dollars. Just visit PrizePicks.com/play100 and use code Play100. That's code Play100 at slash play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks.